Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX. Check out Thor MX uh, online to uh, get some gear. And if you're getting some gear, get it from BTOsports.com. Pay attention to the commercial and save yourself some uh, some money using the discount code. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, a guy that uh, I've been trying to get a hold of for a while and uh, always on my bucket list of podcasts, and I'll scratch it off now, Jeff Chicken Matasevich, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. No problem. I got a guy that works for me. He's like your biggest fan, Swiss Core. He'll be very excited to hear your career. All right. He'll be. He'll be. I'll just send him a jersey. I'll just send you a jersey then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he's been on me for a while to to uh, to, to get this one down. Uh, I guess first of all, what uh, what's going on with you these days? Oh, uh, not much. Just. Um been riding i ride quite a bit and uh still on the bike and probably ride three or four times a week mm-hmm. and uh just hang out raising my daughter got a 15 year old daughter and just living life yeah working for the family still doing the vegetable thing yeah 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 do, doing a little bit of that and uh staying busy right right um when you ride is it uh you know i, I talked to wardy and dogger and these guys and, and like their their mind still knows what to do but their body is a little slower. Is that? Do you find the same thing? Like you know how yeah, to go it, fast. <laughs> it, it's a bitch. In your head, it, it, it's it's all good. You know what to do. But then when you go to do it, it just don't don't quite work out that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, right. I don't know. But when I hit about thirty seven, is when I really noticed. Oh yeah. Like a difference. Yeah. Up until then, it wasn't too big of a difference. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's definitely now. I mean, to go the pace that I once did mm-hmm. um, is, is a lot faster than I go now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I don't <laughs> Big s- difference. I don't see you doing a lot of those world vets and stuff and the motor, the vet destinations and all that. Is, I mean, do you not race that much? Do you just want to, like, you just enjoy no, riding? No, I just, I, I enjoy riding. Mm-hmm. Um, r- the racing aspect of it, um, I'm sort of over. It, it just, mm-hmm. to go spend all day at the track to go, you know, mm-hmm. 10 laps. Right. <laughs> uh, I got better things to do. Yeah. So uh, I, I go out, I practice, I, I do my motos, and I get out and, uh, you know, have fun. Yeah, I got some buddies of mine that go to Milestone, and they're like, yeah, Chicken's always there. He's motoing. He's, it's like he's racing yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, I'm out there a lot. Um, uh, and then, of course, Cowie, right? Always. Yeah, Cowie, they're great. Yeah. I can't think of them enough. Um, you know, I don't know how many years it's been since I retired, but it's been quite a few, and, and yeah. they still uh, – support me and help me out and uh you know it's just like a big family down there um you know i started in the team green mm-hmm. program and then got to the factory level and uh you know it has got a great program 
uh, going on over there and all the little kids that uh, are fortunate enough to make the Team Green program. Uh, it's a great spot to be. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was looking through the, the Racer X vault for all your old results to, to see and uh-huh. look at it. And I forgot, and I was a mechanic around, I was, a, I was around then as a mechanic, um, uh-huh. like 97, 98, you were still making main events. You were, you were racing just here and there, like California rounds or whatever. Um, yeah. and people, yeah. I think people forget that, but you made a lot of main events and, and you know, you, at this point you're already older and done and come back from Japan yeah. and everything, but that's just kind of funny. Yeah, no, I I had really quite a long career actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, well, when you look at um, you run for Takati Kawi, I think at one point late in your career. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Um, I hey, did that. hey, let's that uh, at the end there, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go back in the time machine and and start uh-huh. uh, start from the beginning. Um, of course, me, I grew up in Canada, so I didn't really. Uh-huh. I kind of first heard about you like 1987, 1988. Um, well, you won the 88, 89, 125 West titles. And uh, yeah. 86, 87, you started making your mark. You were Team Green guy. You and Mike Krodowski were, were like Cowie Team Green kids. Um, were you just born and raised in Cali, SoCal, the whole time? Um, actually, no. It was I re- in 1984. I think 84. Mm-hmm. We did the mini Olympics at uh, Saddleback. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, I was intermediate at that time. And after the first moto, it was like a three-day event or something. Mm-hmm. And after the first moto, I think I got like fourth, and the first three guys were on Cowie's. Second moto, I got fourth again, and Cowie's beat me. And then my mom um, met Mikey from uh, DMC oh, Concepts, yeah. okay. Dave Miller. Yep. And the pits, and they started talking. And then my dad said, uh, we'll be right back. And he drove down the street. Bought two Kawasaki's, came back to the track. Gave <laughs> uh, one to um, Mikey at, at DMC to take home with him to have it modified for the next day for the mod class. Yeah, and uh, that's how I got my start on Kawasaki's. And that, and that was it. Then well, and then yeah, and then you know I ended up uh, riding for DMC, and then the Golden State, actually Golden State in '85. In '85 at the Golden State, um, my mechanic that to become it was a team green mechanic, Jerry Campbell, which later became my mechanic, um told Mark Johnson head of Team Green, mm-hmm. hey, watch this kid um in this race, he's really fast, meaning me. Mm-hmm. And in the first turn I went down and I guess Mark looked at Jerry and said, Oh, that kid's really fast, yeah, and walked away. <laughs> right, right. Well I ended up getting up and winning that race. And Jerry went back up to Mark and goes, hey, you know the kid that fell down? And he said, you know, went really fast. Yeah, yeah. He goes, well, he ended up win- winning that race. And uh, I actually got a Team Dream uh, contract that day. Right there. Wow. Yeah. Um, right there on the spot, yeah. What did you ride oh, wow. before, Cowie? What, what were you, Brand, were you on? I was on Honda Suzuki. Oh. Um, I Jeez. sucked on mini bikes. I, I wasn't very good on a mini bike. Mm-hmm. Um, were you? I, there was like eight, 80 novices. The best I did, but uh, I started. I started late. I started when I was twelve years old. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So you had a little bit of a steep curve. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't really have a mini career. You, yeah, maybe that's why. Like you know, because I'm such a fan of this stuff. You literally hear about the Bradshaws and the Antonezes when they're on sixties, Carmichael's, Renards. You hear about them on sixties, yeah. and all of a sudden, to me, the first time I heard of Jeff Matasevich, you were in one twenty five Supercross. 
<laughs> so yeah, I like I said, I couldn't yeah. get out of my own way on a more on a minicycle. Right. So I have an older brother that had one twenty five, two fifties, but I could jump on those. I couldn't touch the ground, but I could go pretty fast on those. Yeah. For some reason, the mini bike just I couldn't ride one. So, you uh, as soon as I got onto a bigger bike, it went pretty quick. You born and raised in SoCal, right? Um, yeah. Um, yep, yep. So tons of riding, just riding every day. I imagine after school or just uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I rode a lot. And uh, pretty much every day after school, um, I grew up in Orange County area, so mm-hmm. I had tracks in, like, Yorba Linda, and then, of course, out towards Corona and Riverside. Right. You, at what point, like, 80, I see uh, you did some, you were still amateur, but I think you did some supercrosses back then. Of course, they had that pro-am rule. Um, yeah. What point were you say, thinking to yourself, hey, I can, I can make a career out of this. I, I'm pretty good. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I had to make that decision, actually. Um, I think my first Supercross ever, I think I won, maybe. Yeah, I think I won. First Anaheim. And then the next race, I went to San Diego after that one. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of a mud race, and I wadded. Right. And then I didn't race anymore that year. I only raced those two races that year. And, uh, but you were like, "Hey, but, uh, I'm good at this." <laughs> well, I was trial. I was going over. I was a senior in high school, and I went to Australia for two weeks. I came back, and then I went to South Africa for two weeks. And I got back from that, so I missed all that schoolwork. Yeah, and I wasn't that great of a student to begin with. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> my dad was really against dropping out of school. Yeah, you know, and uh, I was a senior with like. <laughs> A month left to school, and I did all that traveling, and I was just got back to uh, school from basically being gone for a month. And first day back, and I get a note at like twelve o'clock. Hey, you got a two o'clock flight to Florida, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you got to go home. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell? So I call my mom, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? She's like, you got a two o'clock flight, you got to get it to Florida. I'm like, for what? And it was a mini Olympics there. Oh yeah. And what happened was, I was at that point. Well, me and Damon both were at that point where we should have been out of the amateur scene, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Well, Yamaha brought Damon to Florida, and so to counter that, Callie, you know, they weren't prepared. Yeah, so yeah. Callie called, called my mom and said, you know, get Jeff here immediately. Yep. And I flew out there for a week, and that's when I, I just... I couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't do the school thing. And, yeah. and I had to tell my dad. So I took the GED and I got out. And that's pretty much when I, you know, looked at it as, well, I got to make a career out of this thing, I guess. Yeah. You know, I'm quitting school and, and this is what I'm going to do. So, um, Hey, I, I, I know I've, I've probably read this. I probably heard it. Uh-huh. I, I forget about it. How'd you get the nickname chicken? Oh, um, I grew up in uh, Northern California until I was like 12 times, moved uh-huh. down to Southern California. And up in Northern California, for some reason, I was little, like five. My brother had a chicken coop in the backyard uh-huh. with a couple of chickens in there. And there was no fences up in the houses. You could see you know, the backyards. There are new yeah. houses. Yeah. And my next-door neighbor was older. Him and his buddies were in the front yard drinking beer. And I guess I went in that chicken coop thing, and, and I killed the chickens when I was like five. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so they started calling me Chicken Man, and it sort of stuck, you know, from then. And then when I started racing, you know, everybody had a nickname. Yeah. And back then, and uh, my dad's like, well, why don't you just use Chicken, you know? And it sort of worked out because 
my last name's so racked up anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard, <laughs> right. to pronounce, hard to pronounce it. It worked out, you know, because it's a lot of easier yeah. remembering chicken than Matasevich. So. Yeah, geez, because it's, it's funny. It's worked out. People now, I mean, everybody calls you chicken. You know what I mean? In the pits and in the... Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even my dad calls me chicken. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> And if right. people that, you know, are new or, or don't really know me, and they're like, chicken? Like, what the hell? I'll say, yeah, this is chicken, and they go, huh? You know? Right, right, right. But, and it sort of works out good because there's not too many people called chicken, so no, yeah, they yeah. know who it is, you know? Uh, not, uh, uh, going So, 86, 87, you're, you're riding DMC, probably Cowie support of some sort. Um, in 88, yeah. are you on the factory team in 88? I never really could figure that out. Yeah, were you? on 88 okay. is when I joined the factory team. All right, so they, yeah, so uh, Roy Turner, uh, Jeff Ward, Dogger, uh, yeah. they sign you up. That's it. Yep, um, those three. Almost like you replaced Eddie Warren a little bit. Eddie Warren left at the end of 87 or whatever. It's pretty much what I did. Yeah, right. that's what I did. Um, yeah. Did you feel like you had won in 87, you'd won a couple races in 87, um, uh-huh. Did you feel like you could win '88? Like, like you were a favorite? Did, were you like, ah, I'll see what I, I can do? Yeah, or? I pretty much knew. Yeah, knew that I was. I mean, knew the championship was should be a given unless you know yeah. injury or something to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my speed was there, and practicing every day with Wardy and Ronnie helped. You know, right. immensely. You know, immensely. You know, I had a smoothest riders and Wardy, one of the strongest riders. So. I just picked a little of each other qualities, you know, and, mm-hmm. and tried to manipulate that and uh, better um, myself. What'd you get for a contract, if you don't mind saying? What was the, what was your deal worth in '88? Like, like it, what? Like money wise, like thirty? I think fifty thousand. Oh, okay. So not bad. Yeah. And then my bonuses and stuff. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, for back then, hell, I would have done it for free. But um, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was, you know. Just glad to be on a good bike and, right. you know, have that kind of support. I know at the end of 88, people were like, oh, he's too good for the class because you dominated. You won a ton of races that year. You beat Kurdowski for the title. Kurdowski and Larry yeah. Ward. Uh, uh, people, were you bummed to ride in 125s again in 89? Or was it? I was. I, yeah. I, felt, I felt definitely that I, I could have, you know, stepped up to the 250 class. Mm-hmm. They wanted, you know, they wanted me in a 125 class, of course. Um. And then that next year, I really dominated. Like yeah. it was, it was pretty much, you know, easy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won all the races except one race, and I think uh, I didn't win that one. Uh, Mike Craig took me out in the air or something, yeah. and I actually just bought. Uh, I didn't even finish that race. Um, it, but then I did a couple two fifty races. I and I got fourth at. Uh, yeah. Meadowlands. Meadow, I got fourth, which was my first two fifty race. So it was it was probably better that I did it that way, you know. Right. Because I was still still a little young and, and you know. Right. It probably was better that I stayed down. Um you always hey, it's never good when a rider jumps up to the next class and gets his ass kicked. You know? <laughs> no, for sure. Well, I mean yeah. even nowadays we have a lot of guys like even like Ken Roxon. He's moving up, and, uh-huh. I, and I've written and talked about, like, why bother? Just You're still you're making tons of money. You're literally 18, 19. Stay down another year, you know? Yeah. Why yeah, not? Yeah, exactly. You know? Sometimes it can really hurt you doing that move, mm-hmm. you know, stepping up too quick because it's not fun getting beat. You know, nobody likes to lose, and, you know, all those yeah. guys work hard, and, and it just it get, it brings you down. It gets you bummed out, you know? It gets you questioning yourself and what you're doing and it's just not good mentally and our sport is so mentally you know driven mm-hmm. that you know you get on a high and that 
that takes you a long way. You get on a, a down, and it's hard to get out of. Right. Um, also, too, um, 89, you had to overcome that handicap of that bike. Now, obviously, you had a factory bike, but compared to a Honda, the 89 Cowie, single-sided radiator. I mean, I don't, like, obviously, it worked <laughs> good for you, but it wasn't the greatest bike, especially probably outdoors. You probably noticed that no, outdoors. Yeah, out, <laughs> outdoors, I, my skills on a supercross track were so much better than everybody else at that time that mm-hmm. it, I could have rode a fucking Can-Am. It, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> but on the outdoor, my skills weren't that good. Right. And I really needed a good bike under me, which I, I, I didn't have the best bike out there. Um, even in 90, I didn't have the best bike out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. The outdoors. Yeah, I struggled. Um, yeah, the Turner, Ray Turner worked his ass off on that 125. I give tons of credit for that. He did, you know, mm-hmm. we did the best what, what we could, yep. and we went with it. So Yeah, I, I had but one. But it was, was not that good. I had one. I used to ride my buddy's Hondas and be like, oh, my God, look, I'm a B rider, and I can tell the difference. Uh-huh. Your Honda is so much better. Um, yeah. Hey, why did you always wear a chest protector back in those days? You were one of the few guys that always rocked a – Chest protector. Yeah, me and me and Brian Swink uh, talked about that back in the day. We were the only ones that really wore a chest protector. Yeah, I wore one just because I, I did my whole career, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like the pros. Like back in that day, it was like, oh, you're cool if you didn't wear one. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I don't know because you know all the factors I nobody wore them. Yeah, and, uh, I just wore them. It didn't bother me when I was on the bike, and uh, Actually, you know, I rode for Fox, and they had cool-looking shit, the chest protectors, you yeah. know, I, yeah. cool, and, and uh, I'm glad I did. I mean, I still wear one to this day. So. Right. Um, you, of course, Bradshaw was on the East. Um, he, uh-huh. he lost out to Kardowski, uh in 89, close to it. Yeah. Um, he was also a Fox guy. Were you guys at yeah. any point, of course, we, we'll get into the – the epic uh, ramathons, but at any point were you uh-huh. and Damon buddies? Were you guys friends at no, Fox no. Rock? Okay. Like I said, I mean, we our first contact. Of course, Damon had all the hype from the mini. He did, you know, yep. cycle deal, and I didn't have any hype. I was just a nobody, you know. Um, so our first meeting was at a mini Olympic race in Florida. Okay, was when that you know Kelly called me and brought me in there, basically to go up against right. him, and uh, I ended up on top of that race, and that's, I mean, I never spoke to the guy, but that's where the rival, rival rivalry started. started, if you will, and, and it just escalated from then, and then us running into each other, and, you know, the <laughs> magazines and all that stuff, they try and hype it, you know, they want something to talk about, Yeah, and it just blew up. I figured you guys were fox riders, so maybe you'd seen each other here or there, you know what I mean, or something like no, that. No, actually, I would like I think Fox gave him the cover one year of the catalog, and I was pissed off. <laughs> right, pissed. Right, right. I called Pete at Fox, and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm yeah, yeah. mad as hell. <laughs> so, I mean, then there, we wrote for the same company, but there's a rivalry there, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, and it's funny so, how, uh, how your careers would parallel each other a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, did you uh, – I always heard that you didn't get along with Roy Turner. Did you? Did you... I, I did. No, I did. I did. Did get along with Roy. We, okay. you know, lived like down the street from each other, and, and Roy did help me a lot. Yep. Um, you know, while I was there, there was just some issues that I didn't agree with mm-hmm. and fought against, and and you know, 
I mean, Roy, I think, was doing, you know, obviously he wasn't trying to sabotage my career at all, right. anything, you know, mm-hmm. but he had his beliefs, and I just thought it, some of his beliefs were were wrong. And, yep. You know, the, the big problem was, was all three of our bikes were always set up the same, same engine, mm-hmm. everything, chassis, everything, and of course, you know, if it was me, Wardy, and Kurnowski, you know, there's three different type of riders, yeah. three different riding styles, and, and yep. you know, we used to go in. We used to have a team meeting before every race, and Wardy and Kudowski, Wardy's like, you know, well, I just gotta ride it, you know. Yeah, it yeah, is what yeah, it is, right. you know. And Mike, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but you guys, you know, we get together before. But like, yeah, you don't like the engine either, you know. Right. You know, and, and they're like, oh no, we don't like it. You know, I'm like, well, okay, well, we go in there. Us three got to get together and tell Roy. We don't like the bike, you know? Right, right, right. We need to change it. And we get in the meeting, and I voice up because I was always the voiceful one. And then I would look at, you know, my two teammates, like, for backing, and they'd be like, well, you know, it's not that bad. Like, well, what's the (laughs) point, man? We just had this talk. You know, you guys are all in my bandwagon. Right. Now, after the meeting, and all I get out is, well, it's not that bad. Like, it's not that good either, you know? (laughs) But um, so I ended up. The whole thing with me and Roy's, I ended up going out and and doing my own testing on the side and mm-hmm. came up with an engine uh, package that Steve Weidler uh, yeah. grounded up for me. And uh, I showed up for the, one of the races and with it on, and then Roy wouldn't let me ride it because we he hadn't been out there testing it with me yet, and we didn't have two other ones for Oregon Kodowski, so I couldn't ride it, and I was like, well... I did, you know. I went mm-hmm. on on my own. I'm not happy with the bike, so I couldn't get you to fix it. So I did it myself. So that just started a whole okay Near, little so, yeah. conflict there with me and Ryan near the end or whatever. Yeah, later on. Um, yeah. So uh, hey, um, I felt I always uh, I always laugh about this with Wardy whenever we see him and whatever I'm doing one of these with him. He he, he made a uh-huh. comment a few times. I, I had Chicken and, and Ronnie Lachine as teammates. Like he's like <laughs> I had to. I had to keep him in line. Um, he's like, man, those guys yeah, caused, caused me more headaches than, than anything else. Yeah, no, I I love Warriors and Ronnie. But, yeah. um, they're both good guys, and uh, I see I still see Wardy all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, two days ago, he was we were at Paris, and uh, he was working on his kid's bike, and he couldn't get it running. The power valve was stuck or something. And yeah. me and him are working on it, and I'm like, Wardy. Check us out, man. We're trying, we know what the hell we're doing, you know. You're one of us. Right. We're, we're going to do more damage than good on this thing. So. Uh, talk talk about fun. Wardy as a as a teammate and as a rider, being around him. And, man, what a fantastic career that dude had. And uh, how yeah, was he? How was he? Like, uh, did, I mean, you got to work with him and see him inside and out all the time? I mean, I, I right in 88, um, you know, I got signed with the factory yeah. team, and we went testing. The first day I went testing, I just sucked up to that guy, and you know, mm-hmm. I if he did whatever, I did whatever. You know, I right. just tried to shadow him and and learn from him. And he was cool enough to he took me under his wing, and you know, mm-hmm. he could have very easily, you know, I mean, he was you know helping me, and you know, basically, better myself to beat him. So yeah. you know, I mean, he was. 
in his late career. So, but still, it's, it's never good when you're helping a guy and then he's beating you. Well, That's not fun. <laughs> no, especially you like know? like in '90. You, you know, you led the yeah. Supercross series the whole time, almost. Uh, yeah, and you're beating him. You know what I mean? So yeah, he was always cool I mean, though. Consistently, and and you know, we go, we go. I mean, we rode every day together. I mean, we, like I said, it was, yeah, it was like we were married. So um. You know, and then testing, I would, you know, let him go, and then I'd hunt him down, and, you know, I mean, he just, yeah. he didn't have to do what he did, and, and I appreciated him immensely what he did for me, but, um, yep. and then as a rider, you know, I mean, the guy's unbelievable, I mean, right. he was so strong, and, and his, his, uh, devotion to, uh, to motocross is unbelievable, you know? He told us a story one time that, Somewhere in one of his seasons, he rode for ninety straight days or something. Every even on the days he flew out, he would ride in the morning or whatever. It's just insane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we rode, we rode like a lot. Yeah. I mean, that that's one thing when which really helped me in my career is is I mean, the guy rode. I mean, we'd be it, it didn't matter what Thanksgiving, Christmas, <laughs> we'd be riding, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean. It just we rode, rode, rode. We even yeah, we go get up and go ride the day we flew out. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know. One of um, it was, one of the greatest Supercross seasons I think ever. Um, and I've watched it on on YouTube a bunch, and I have some DVDs. Nineteen ninety, uh, they you know it's basically the the old and the new guys. You had Johnson and Wardy, uh, uh-huh. and yourself and Larry Ward and Damon. You, the perimeter frame mm-hmm. Cowie came out that year. Um, and you, you won one race, you won Las Vegas, but you led the series forever. Um, and it was looking pretty good to, uh, mm-hmm. to win it. Of course you and Damon got into it. Um, at some point you had a bad San Jose. I think it was, I think it was yeah. San Jose. Um, that must've been maybe, maybe your fault. I mean, you didn't win the title, but man, you, you no. rode great. It was definitely that year, 1990, the bike was, it was the old style frame, 91 is when they went to that perimeter. That 90 was the old tubular frame. And that bike was, I mean, I loved it. That, I mean, the bike was just awesome. Right. And, um, you know, I had a really good year. I led, this, led it all the way up to three races to go. And I think Atlanta, I I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. My dad's like, are you here today? Or, <laughs> I mean, are you trying? What's right. going on? You right. know, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying. You know, after practice, I'm trying. I don't know what. What the hell's going on? And my dad's like, it's going to be a long goddamn day. That's all I know. <laughs> was it was it pressure though? Yeah. Looking back, was it the pressure get to you? Or? It wasn't pressure. It wasn't pressure. I don't know. It was yeah. it was sort of a, a muddy race, and mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying like seriously trying. I don't right. know what happened, and like everybody was just going by me like I was standing still, and I'm like, <laughs> I felt like I was going a million miles an hour, and I was just, I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was like I ended up like. Ninth or twelfth or something yeah. that night, and and, uh, and never could recover. Um, and of course, the Kingdom race with you and Big Bird, this is epic. Yeah, just epic. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, you go, I go. I'll take you out. You take me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> were, were, well, you, were you uh, were you making enemies with like Bradshaw and Warrior Ward back then? Like it was a little different time. There was guys were aggressive. Guys were were a little. I, if that stuff happened today. There would be, you know. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that as long as you don't pull shit in the air, that's when it, you right. can really hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. But I think a good old fashioned slam in a turn is sure. part of the 
should be part of the game. I mean, and, you know, it just nowadays, I've every once in a while, I'll see somebody get aggressive and, but not a lot, you yeah. know, and it's not like I was out there trying to take everybody down. No, of course not. I mean, not. I, yeah. you know, but you're racing, you know, and you go in that turn and mm-hmm. I, it becomes, it became to me like the whole time I was out there, it was like almost like a game. Like, cause you gotta, you gotta plan ahead to where you think they're going to be right, so that right. you get, you know, underneath them. It, it, it makes things fun. I mean, <laughs> otherwise it gets boring out there. Did you did you, you know? did you and Damon have uh, and Larry Ward and these guys did it take did it happen off the track like with words and like would you be like hey what's up to each other in the pits at all or was it just like I don't me, like me you and Damon me and Damon had had zero okay. communication yeah yeah you don't like you you don't career. like right right okay um Larry Larry I mean I had the incident you know where we really got into it at that Seattle race yeah and um, but once again I mean. We were both going for the lead type deal, and yeah. you know, we tried. And uh, so we didn't really have a, a beef with each other, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like a weekend. Me and Damon, it just seemed like if I got a bad start, he got a bad start. He got a good start, I got it. We were just right. or always even, next to each other. Or even like that race, I think it's San Diego, where he throws his bike into you. He doesn't mean to do that. He gets out of hand, gets out of control. Grabs a handful of throttle, oh, and of course, no. and of course, you're there. He meant to do that. He meant to do that. You think that was Anaheim? He meant to do that. Yeah. Oh no, I've seen the video. I mean, I had front tire. His front tire, like, almost took my helmet. Oh, I know. I tire marks on my helmet going down the helmet. Oh, and it was a little bit of old. And basically, yeah. go ahead. He just got out of control and thought, well, I'm going to crash, so I might as well throw my bike at him. You know, oh, take man. him down. <laughs> and then he did the same thing in Paris Bercy with me, except that time. Down there killed me. Yeah, um, man. You, and there was another. I saw another Bercy race too. That was just. Uh, I think it was you and maybe you and Larry. It was intense. Uh, those were good times oh, yeah. back there. Uh, good, yeah, good racing. Know. The one in Bercy, he, I was leading, and he just let go of the bike. And in Bercy, it's real small, right. and yeah. the track runs right up against the wall, which is cement. Right. And he was like third gear pin, let go of the bike, and just sent me into that wall. And, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much ruined me. <laughs> uh, 1990, though. Uh, so you lose the Supercross series just a little by a little bit, um, huh. but you get third in the outdoors. So I mean, you're not close to Cooper and Kardowski, but you're getting there. Third, third overall. Nothing, nothing, not too shabby, you know. Yeah, no. So, I mean, that year in the 125 class. I mean, like I said, I didn't have the best bike, but yeah. um, you know, at the end of the year, there it was coming down, and I was on the starting line of the. We went down to the last last race for um, Mike and Guy, yeah. and I walked up to Mike and I said, "Listen, you're lucky." And he's like, "Why is that?" I'm all because I like you better. <laughs> and he's all, well, "What do you mean?" I go, "It means that you're going to win the championship today." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I'm yeah. All, you just get a start, go do your deal. I'll take care of Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I because basically what happened. Guy needed to win, needed somebody in between him and Mike to finish, uh-huh. you know, yeah. for for a guy to win that championship. So, yeah. um, uh, was, um, so, I, so Cooper won, I got second, Kurdowski got third, and Cooper ended up with the championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I was on Cooper's ass, he was leading, I'm going, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hold this, I can't hold on this forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, it was a good season for you, 1990. Um, when was your contract up with Cowie? 
uh, the original one. Was it up for ninety? I, or? Uh, I think I I signed a two year. I signed in eighty eight. It was a two year. Or so in nine and eighty nine. After yeah. ninety, it was up or something. Yeah, I was going to ninety. I had to sign it after ninety. Ninety one, I had to sign in on or something. So I was going to say you you made it. You got a good raise after your terrific ninety nineteen ninety season, like. Well, yeah, I think I, I signed in eighty. It was a one year, maybe, mm. maybe just a one year. Were and you then a one year and a couple big yeah, So I got raises as I went. Were you ever close to leaving <laughs> Cali? Did you ever get any offers from anybody else? Um, I never really even talked to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. You're happy there. Um, yeah, I was pretty much happy at Cali. That's pretty much where you know my career started, and uh, I liked everybody there, and, and it was mm-hmm. you know home, so to speak, and uh, I never really ventured out and and pursued anything else. So, but And they always were fair to me every year when I redid my contract, I felt, you know? Right, right. Um, I mean, you, uh, I was going to say, you you um, moved out to the 250s full-time, though, in uh, 91. You also switched. 91, yeah. You also switched gears. Big, big money deal from Taichi, probably, huh? Big money. Big money, yeah. Big money. You, I never understood that stuff because they didn't really sell it, but screw it. Their check's cashed, right? Yeah, no, that, and they were like, we're not even planning to sell it. And I was like, what? I mean, I, my contract at that time for clothing was like thirty grand a year, and it went to 200000 Right, like, right. Are you paying me all this money? And then... You're not going to sell it? It was a two-year two year deal, and I ended up... Uh, Getting paid for a year, and then shit started going south. And yeah, they they actually came to me and said, "Hey, we don't think we're going to be able to continue, even though I was under contract with them." You know, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, "No problem, no problem. Don't worry about it." Because I just made you know, yeah, I would have had to ride for five years to make the money I did. <laughs> you guys paid me for that one year, so don't worry about it. Yeah, I went back to Fox. So yeah, yeah, I was going to say, so Fox was cool with that and going back there. Um. Yeah, they were, they were happy, especially when I when the deal ended. It was like halfway through the year, mm-hmm. and so I I called called up Pete at Fox and said, "Here, I got all the money I need. I just just send me some gear and I'll ride for free." And he was like, "Really? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." But it was a good deal for them because they didn't have to pay me shit. So um, you always uh, you always had a good look, chicken helmet gear, like always uh, on point. I always thought you know that's part of the deal. I mean, yeah. You know, Stanton, great rider and multi championships, but he his style and his riding gear, yeah, was about it was hard to look at. So <laughs> I, I agree. Mean, right. My theory was, you know, if you ain't gonna win, you might as well look good. <laughs> <laughs> um, at some point too, around here, you start hanging out with Denny Stevenson. He starts dragging you down. That Denny Stevenson. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. Denny's no, a big guy. You guys were tight. Yeah, you guys were tight. He, he lived. Yeah, no, he he lived with me there, pretty much, mm-hmm. probably about nine months out of the year, and uh, he's a good guy. We had a lot of fun, got yep. in a lot of trouble, yep. um, and yeah, he will. He was on Cali for a while there, right. and then on in Greenstein, and then he switched over to Suzuki, and uh, you know, it, it was I think good for him because, like I said, my <clears throat> in. Omaha, where, you know, he was from, and he was used to, he was not used to riding that much. Mm-hmm. He he really wasn't a ride-everyday type person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when he came and stayed with me, it was either sit home alone or go riding, so he'd go. So, 
yeah, I think it helped his career too because he put him on the bike more. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, 92, yeah. 92, you still have a good year, top ten in uh, in everything yeah. full, full time, um, and also you're in five hundreds now. So you're chasing Wardy now around on a five hundred. Did you did you like the five hundreds? Oh, I never really got a chance. I snapped my femur at the first race. Oh, well, on the five hundred. Yeah, in well, wasn't that the in ninety three? I think that was ninety. No, 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 ninety two. Oh, ninety two. They had ninety two. I snapped it. Yeah. They got you as having a bunch of results in '92 on the 500, but I thought you broke your leg too on, in, uh, in the same. I, I did a I did a USGP thing at Glen Helen on the 500, right? And that was like I think the only race I actually did on the 500 because the first in the first race I snapped my uh, femur. That's what I thought in the Sand Whoops at Millville. I was there that day. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but they have you as uh, one, two, three, four uh, top tens in 500s in '92. Really. Yeah, shit, I did better better than I know. Huh? Um, what uh, that crash? Uh, just swapping. You guys got a big swap, and and again, were you laying? I mean, did you know immediately know you broke your leg? Was it like big time? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I broke my my tibula tibula lower leg. Mm-hmm. Um, so right before uh, Southwick, me and Mike Fisher went to go basically breaking the bikes, and there's a big. I made a big road jump during uh-huh. like that rock quarry. But the landing was a big boulder, so you had to go, you know, <laughs> over the boulder to right, land. Right. And it was like fourth gear pin, and I was looking at Mike, and I'm like, Mike, check this out. I think I can do this. And Mike's like, chicken, don't do it. You know, we're just breaking in the bikes, and I don't. You don't want to get hurt. And I'm like, no, I think I can do it, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Well, check it out, check it out. And so I went for it, and it was huge, and I made it. And I was like, ooh, like, cool. I came back down. He, he was watching. I'm like, that was bitching, huh? He's like, yeah, I'm, I got to do it one more time. He's like, no, don't. Just quit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right. You're and good. that second time, I came up short, and I just, I cased, I cased it, but it was a rock. Yeah. So there was, like, you know, no gift. Uh-huh. And I just, tibula, tibula, I heard it snap. Just snap. And I'm oh. like, shit. <clears throat> I didn't crash or nothing, so I rode back to the box center where my mechanic was, and I leaned up against the box center, and I'm like, hey. Help me out this bike. And he's like, what? I'm on, broke my leg. He's like, no way. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, help me off. He's all, get off the bike. You didn't break your leg. I'm like, really? I did. Yeah, yeah. I tried to walk, and I couldn't walk. <laughs> Damn. And then, uh, so that was there. And then uh, in Millville, I was just going through the sandwich, and I was trying to tap the rear wheel to get over another one. Uh-huh. And I don't know what happened. Hit a rock in the sand I didn't see or something, but the thing kicked out, and yeah. I sighted me, and I knew immediately. I mean, and it hurt like yeah, yeah. unbelievable. When I broke my tibial fibula, I'm like, everybody's a sissy who breaks bones because this shit don't hurt, you know? <laughs> this is nothing, you know? And I broke my femur, and I was like, I'm never riding a bike again. <laughs> this shit. So I laid there for like an hour, and it was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Um, it's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com. Presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.
Racerx Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOSports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racerx Podcast Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. And then also too, you were done at Cali after that uh, ninety three. You go to Suzuki. Um, did you, yeah. Did did the Cali not want you? Did they have an offer? And you took a better offer? How that it go was, down? It was at that point. No, at that point, I was pretty much. I mean, I, I'm the type of person that, and Cali was always really good about. I mean, Cali tested. We tested twice a week, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, that's our practice bikes during that time were pretty much stock bikes. I mean, mm-hmm. they weren't. There weren't factory bikes we practiced on, and so it was good because we were on good bikes when we tested, you know, and and now I helped my career a lot too. It was all the testing Cali did, but um, mm-hmm. and then it was in '92. There is when the engine fight, oh, okay, yep, you know, es- escalated, and I was pretty much, you know, I was just in, and then I broke my femur, and I was pretty much. I'm done. Okay. You know, yeah, and I didn't, even, I didn't even contact Cali. They didn't contact me. Right, it right, was right. like mutual depart, I think. And, uh, right. And I just sat home and, you know, I was going to retire. I was out. That was it. I was done. Really? And I sat home for like three months. And then I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm done yet. I called you, my dad and I'm like, you were no, really going to quit? I don't think, you were really going to yeah, quit? Yeah, I, I was done. I was just frustrated. I was just, that 92 year was just, yeah. it was, frustrating i mean i knew like i said it's no fun to lose and it's no fun to lose when you know that the bike's not good it needs to be changed and and if it was changed then maybe you could get up and win again you know it's frustrating and and i was just burnt out and then i was sat home for three months and then i called my dad i'm like you know i don't think i'm done yet i you know Mm -hmm. i'm not ready yet Mm -hmm. my dad's like little late i mean (laughs) it was like december it was like december midway through december you know yeah anaheim january you know second week of january my dad's like you ain't gonna be able to find a ride i mean you you screwed yourself yeah yeah well i don't know 
I'm going to go down to Suzuki because it's in Brea, right? You know, I'm in Anaheim Hills. Suzuki's right down the street. And well, I'm just going to go drive over there and talk to those guys. My dad's all, call me back. Let me know what they say. Yeah, yeah. And I walked into Suzuki, and, uh, you know, I knew uh, Tosh and right. Hide, yeah. and walked in there and said, hey, guys, got a second. Want to talk? And uh, walked out of there with a contract. Yeah. Called my dad and said, ah, I'm going racing again, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was all, no way. Right, right. So, um, but on that, but, you know, on that deal, because the bike was, you know, such an issue and, and a big part of why I was burnt out. And yeah. so when I went and talked to Suzuki, I just really emphasized, I don't want to go racing to go racing. Yeah. You know, if you guys are willing and tell me that you will, you know, do the testing and we can, you know, because I know Suzuki's at that time, well, we're not good. Yeah. You know, yep. I knew it needed a lot. And I knew we were, you know, mid-December. There's not a lot of time to go testing either. So no. I don't know if you guys are willing to, you know, do some every day and try and get this bike, you know, working, then then let's go, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And they gave me great promises. And then, <laughs> and get, then, like, right before, I think it started in Orlando, right before the uh, start of the year, I didn't get nothing. I'm calling them, going down every day. When are we going testing? Testing, you know, all yeah, the way yeah. for parts. We're waiting for parts from Japan. And I'm like, what? And then, like, a week before the first race, they gave me two cylinders and two pipes and said, oh, we got them. Go test. I'm like, this is it? <laughs> this is it? Right, right. I'm like, you're kidding me. And and it wasn't good. And the bike just, the frame flexed really bad. And, and yeah. the steering stand, you jump into whoops and thing would dart off left or right. Yeah. Uh, um, that was so that a- wasn't that. Either. <laughs> yeah, Swink, Swink says that was the biggest mistake of his career because, you know, he was looking really good, and Suzuki threw big money at him, and he's like, the 125 was okay, but the 250s in, in 92, 93, 94, the 250s just sucked. They just weren't, yeah, they weren't it, very good. And, and Suzuki at that time, and I, because I'm like, you guys, you know, last minute, you know, pay me a shitload of money. Yeah. Like, way more than I thought I was, you know, when I was walking in there, I had sort of a figure, yeah. low figure in my head, you know. Hopefully, it would be great if I could do that. And, you know, they threw a big old number at me, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. That thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm like, you guys pay me all this money, you know. And at that, that year, they had like eight riders, you know. Yeah. And I'm all, and you got all this big team. But the bike, it just needs some little changes, and you guys aren't willing to do it. I don't understand. And they're like, our 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 thoughts on it is, you know, we want lots of riders out there, and that's good exposure. Then having one rider winning a race, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right, right. Well, okay, well, we'll make little changes, and maybe all eight riders be out there winning or something. You know, it's better. Right. <laughs> you know, but they were just into uh, putting a lot of pe- people on the track, and you know, not so much fu- you know, fu- about the bike. You know, what's funny was um, I don't see this in the in the results, but I swore you won Troy that year on a Suzuki. Uh, I maybe because I won a Troy like every year. That was my only outdoor track that like I got excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Could win at. <laughs> it yeah. was a big old supercross track. And I love that right. place. <laughs> yeah. Your, uh, your outdoor results, although like you won Troy and I think you won steel city. Um, you know, you have, you have a few wins outdoors, but you were you know, obviously much better in Supercross. Did you just start to a point where you just didn't like the outdoors and so it was easier to go ride Supercross? I just, for whatever reason, my style or my skill on a bike, um, mm-hmm. Supercross is where it was at. I mean, I could, for some reason, I could 
jump better or quicker. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, like I said, it was just like, I mean, I used to think about it. I mean, in Supercross, you got to turn. In outdoor, you got to turn. How come I can't go as fast as I can go around the turn, and it's, you know, yeah. like I do in Supercross? Right. Out, I get outdoor, I'm not that fast in that turn. Yeah, yeah. Damn turn, you know? But um, I think it, once again, it, the sport is so mental. And, you know, in my head, when I saw Supercross track, I felt like I had an advantage. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was ready to go. On outdoor, I didn't really like it, you know? Right, right. Who wants to go 35 minutes in 100-degree weather, you know, in a big <laughs> dust bowl, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Right. It's like, it's not much take, fun. Me, take me to a stadium, let me do 20 laps and go home. Perfect, <laughs> you know, at night, you know? Right, right. At night even. <laughs> With lots of chicks around and everything. That's great, you know? Um, uh, one and done at Suzuki, and the next year you were a privateer guy. Ron Heben was your mechanic. I think Marshall Plum was your mechanic for a little bit. Um, yeah. A lot of hole shots for that year on an NCY Yamaha. Well, I mean, my whole career, I was a pretty good starter. Yeah. So that helped a lot. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I pulled a lot of all shots. And Ron, I got to give props to Ron because, you know, I got what's Ron. And he, you know, took that Yamaha and did the best, I mean, way better than anybody else could. And mm-hmm. uh, dialed that bike in, and then he got a job offer, I don't know, a couple races in or something. Yeah. And, you know. Told me be stupid if you didn't go pursue that, and uh, then I got Marshall, and Marshall was my mechanic for the rest of the year. Slicer, uh, Slicer's had a ton of jobs, man. Wow, um, he's, he's the man, man. He's yeah. the man. I tell you that. Um, how did the Cowie Japan deal come about? How did that work? Where were you? What that happened? Was, I was just, you know, I did the Yamaha privateer team that year, and yep. then uh, Roy Turner called me and said, "Hey." Would you be interested in going to Japan? And I'm like, well, not really, no. <laughs> and no, then, no, no uh, not really. <laughs> well, I didn't know. And then um, he called me back and he said, "Hey, you know, it's not a bad deal. You should at least look at it." Yeah. You know. And like I said, we we live down the street from each other pretty much. So right. I'm like, all right, well, bring it over and let's talk. And you know. And so he came over and I found out there was you know like twelve races a year and. The money they were going to pay me was good. Yeah. And I didn't have to live there. I could fly back and forth. Right. And I'm like, well, and as this was later in my career now, too. So I'm like, 12 races a year, that sounds pretty good, you know? Right. Well, that's not a bad deal. So I said, okay, you know, I'll do that deal, which turned out to be the best experience for me. For me personally, throughout my racing career, right. the happiest I've ever been, and, and it was just great. And uh, so I went there, and like I said, you had to do, you know, first year I had to do 12 races that year, and mm-hmm. their schedule was like you race once, and then you get a month off, and you race again, and then you get a month off, and you race again. Right, then you get three months off, wow. and then you come back and race again. So it was like, you know, when I had three months off, I'd go to the beach for two months, and yeah. You know, then, oh, I got to race soon, so I better start training and riding again. And I come, you know, <laughs> for a month, I buckle down and, you know, train yeah. and ride every day and then go race and then go back on vacation. And ah, I was married at the time and, and had kids. And, right, and, right. and, you know, it was, uh, it was, it worked out perfect, actually. And, you know, I was making just as much money doing it 12 times a year than doing it every weekend, you know. Oh, were you really? You were making as much as your factory heyday Cowie days? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, nice. I was not the first year, but after that, right. yeah. 
you uh, I, battled uh, with Tishner over there. Yeah, well, what happened was Eddie Warren, once again, I replaced him like 125 Supercross, but uh, he was over there. Eddie won, I think, two years in a row. Then Ronnie came over mm-hmm. and won it. And then so they needed someone to replace Eddie. Is that how it sort of came right. up? So they, that's how I stepped into that. And then uh, I raced Ronnie two years there, and I won the championship both years. And then they replaced Ronnie with Kyle Lewis. Yep. And... So then, but I won the championship again that year, and then I went to do my contract um, after the last race, yep. and they said, um, we're not going to be able, you know, to support you for next year. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know? And I, um, all Japan, all the companies have gotten together, and we've decided that since this is a Japanese championship, a Japanese race, we want a Japanese champion, you know, yeah, the yeah, last right. six years, it's been American. Mm-hmm. So we've come to the agreement, basically all manufacturers came to agreement that, you know, let's just get rid of the Americans and go from there, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I was like, huh? Oh, because like I said, I race 12 times a year and the money, like right. I could have done that for about six more years, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, and so right. I was like, Oh shit, what do I do now? So, um, you know, I called Honda in Japan. I talked to all the, you know, teams in Japan, mm-hmm. and they pretty much backed up what Kelly said. Is, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, not going to be. And that Kyle still had a year left. No, was just signing his, had just signed his contract or something. Okay. Or had a year, no, had a year left. Yeah. And I told him, you, you better get in that contract, in your contract with, Next year, your contract's up. You're not going to have a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You better this year, if you can, somehow put in there, if you win the championship next year, that you get another year on your contract. Otherwise, you're not going to have a job. Yeah. And he's all, oh, no, no, that never happened. I'm all, it's the same thing I said, ask. I just wanted three years in a row. (laughs) You know, I'm jobless. I'm I'm just telling you, if you can get that in there, you better. And he didn't. Oh, no, I'll be fine. That's the same thing I said. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so he got one more year out of it, and his contract was up, and they sent him home. Oh, jeez. But, uh, yeah, it was a good deal for you riding there, huh? You're pumped. Yeah, I loved yeah. the bike. The um, bike was good. The country of Japan, the, yeah. the people there. I mean, it, it just everything was good. The, the um, Kawasaki's team over there, every, all of them. Yeah. Technicians. and I mean, you know, I had two engine guys, two chassis guys, two suspension guys. You know, mm-hmm. I had a mechanic that basically just did what everybody else told him to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And after every race, we'd have a meeting. Okay, what do we need to change? And I'd be like, the bike's awesome. I can't change anything else, you know? Right, right. And, uh, like, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, they're always wanting to test. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the bikes over there were just unbelievable. Yeah, Prim has one. I told you, yeah, Prim's got three of them. The one, the one is all magnesium cases. It's super trick. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, there is no rules really over in Japan, so right. you could change like the old work spikes used to be in the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I asked him. I asked him one time, what how advanced is this bike compared yeah. to production? Mm-hmm. And they said it's three years ahead of the U.S. work spike, and five or six years ahead of production. Production bike. Wow. I mean, they were that far out, and just, I mean, 
uh, Emick and Ryan Hughes went over for a Supercross race and mm-hmm. in Japan, and uh, I lived right down the street from Rhino, so I rode with him some all the time. So I told him when you go there, I'll tell him to like you know take my bike. I want you to ride it. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And so I told those guys, and so when they went testing, they took my bike and Rhino and Emick rode it, and they were when they got home, I talked to them, and they were just un. Couldn't even describe. They're like that thing is so fast. <laughs> it stops so good. It's like we couldn't ride it. I mean, we couldn't hang on to the thing because it was just it was fast. Um. Um. Hey, uh, there's no doubt that uh, you had a great career. You wrote, like you said, you you know you won titles in Japan and you won Supercrosses and nationals. But there's also no doubt that you like to have a good time and you you definitely partied a lot. Uh, do you re- do you regret not taking it more seriously or regret not? I, maybe I don't know how much you trained or, or training more. Um, looking back on it, like um, you had talent clearly to see. Uh, do you feel like you got the most out of it? Do you wish you could go back and and buckle down more? I mean, I, what what do you think about when you think about your entire career? I mean, sure, I wish. I mean, since I started, you know, racing motorcycles when I was you know twelve or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to be win a Supercross championship. That right. was my whole goal. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't even as a kid, I didn't care about the outdoor stuff. <laughs> right, I did Supercross right. is what I wanted, and I came close and lost it, and then mm-hmm. so that sort of hurt. And I mean, that's really my only, only like, damn! I wish I would have won that title. You yeah. know, yeah. I mean, when I won the 125 Supercross titles, it didn't even matter. It was nothing to me. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like all that was in it was when I won those titles. Is finally now I get to that 250 class where I want to be. I didn't even care. I yeah, yeah. care less. Right. You know, it meant nothing to me. But um, that 250 class is what I wanted, and I didn't get it. But um. And, you know, I like to have fun, always have. Yeah. Always felt like, you know, people always think that I didn't care. I didn't care because, you know, when I was at the races, I was screwing around and goofing off or whatever. Right. But, but I, you know, that's me. I, I'm easy going. I like to have fun. And, right. And whatever I did during the week is what I'm bringing to the race. and. Pretending I'm serious, you know, right, is right. not going to help my result, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you these are, guys, yeah. you know, they're all serious and shit. And, oh, no, I mean, you know, I rode with a lot of them mm-hmm. during my time. And I know what they did during the week. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, no, I got to get serious. I'd laugh at them. Like, right, right, right. Dude, <laughs> you're, wasting your fun, you're wasting your time, dude. It's I mean, too late. <laughs> but you're going to get serious now? A little right. late, you right. know? Right. So, I mean, the people took it like I didn't care, and I care. It's just I just – I was at the races. I was going to have fun. I was going to, you know, screw right. around with the fans or whatever, goof off. And um, yeah, you, were you, always, you were always a good interview, like, you know, when I mean, Larry Myers was, or Despain. It was, yeah. It, yeah, it was what it is. I mean, me tr- going, okay, I'm serious is not going to help my performance. I mean, <laughs> right, what right. I did is – going to, you know, play out. That's where I'm going to get my results from. And and I just, you know, that's me. Cali in Japan, they they really didn't know how to take it either. And they were a little little worried about me first because, I mean, I went over to, when I went to Japan, they have a trainer and, and 
you know, I went over there, and the factory's, like, huge. And they used to run. It's a four-mile square in mm-hmm. Japan. They, they run around the, the company, the riders at the trainer, and I went <laughs> over there, and they're like, oh, yeah, all the riders are training. You should go over there. And I'm like, okay. So all I right. walk over there. The trainer guy's like, oh, come on, you know, let's train. And I'm like, no, I'll just watch you guys, you know. <laughs> and right, right. so I, would, I wouldn't train with them. I'd just watch them. But I'd go back to my hotel was like across the street. Yeah. And at night I would go run and do my deal or whatever. Yeah. But I've never, never let them know I trained and yeah. they were all worried and then mm-hmm. I'm, you know, goofing off during the day and lit a car on fire and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and <laughs> there was like, Oh my God, what's he? And then actually I just told Bassmaster who, you know, yeah. became a good, great friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, we were fishing and I told him, I went, Hey, you guys could, Emoto was my teammate back then. He trained like he just trained, trained, trained. Right, right. And it used to kill him because he thought, "Here's this American guy that don't train, right? Screwing off all the time, you know." <laughs> right. And then he kicks my ass every weekend. You know what am I doing wrong? And I told asked last month, "I'm like, hey, you guys were all worried about you know how I didn't train and wouldn't train with the trainer, you know." Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we we all were very confused on, you know, <laughs> how, how you, you could win? do nothing, how you could do nothing and go win. Right. I'm all, you know, a little seeker, dude. I'm all, I ran every day I was there. I'm like, at night I'd go run. Right. You know, I did. I just didn't want to do it in front of you guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And he's all, no, oh, he's all, oh, I'm gonna have to tell everybody because it's like just this big mystery. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. Um, but, did, uh, yeah, did Turner, Turner, and Wardy ever try to like sit you down and be like, Jeff, you? You're blowing it or anything. I mean, was there any of that, or, or was everybody just like, no, no, huh. no. because I used to train. I mean, right. I used to train. You were trained all the time. Right. Uh, we had the same trainer, Jeff uh, Spencer. Yeah. And you know, me and Wardy went riding in the day. I mean, I didn't, I didn't fuck off as much as people think. Right. You know. Right. right. Or, or, you know. Well, it, it's um, it's tough to get the results that you did without you know without putting I, in some I, work. Yeah. <laughs> I I took my my job serious. But I also wanted to have fun. I mean, you know, even even looking at your last year on Yamaha, when when theoretically, you know, your your days are long past. I see uh-huh. I see fourths and fifths and sixths and sevenths as a full yeah. Yamaha privateer, like full paying to get to the full race. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I had not one works part on that Yamaha. Right, you know, right. Fourths and yeah. fifths. So I mean, you know, like I said, I think my maybe my reputation. Yeah. Uh, being a wild man or something it <laughs> created its own little windstorm and made me bigger than it was. You right. know? Um, I mean, I like girls and you know, uh, all right, I let's... see nothing wrong with taking them home after the race. Yeah, no, Hey, they believe me. Doggers told me some good ones of his back in his <laughs> day. So, um, uh, and Jerry Campbell, uh, who I didn't, I worked with Jerry in, uh, Chaparral. Uh-huh. I was Tim Ferry's mechanic. He was Steve Lampson's mechanic okay. in 99. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't know this. Denny told me this. Stevenson told me this. Jerry Campbell was your amateur mechanic, and he went right to the factory truck with you. Kind of cool. You guys had a long relationship. Yeah, he was. He was actually the one that told Mark Johnson way right, back when right. when you were my time. Hey, watch this kid. And um, then when he was actually, I took him from Team Green into racing. So, yeah, into the, which into the factory you would truck. think it's same company, same program, and all that, but it's not, and that created a whole. Oh, did it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that that 
sent the company in uproar, which I still don't really understand why, but it was a big deal. And then, uh, but yeah, so, you know, Jerry made some sacrifices of, you know, leaving, I guess, Team Green and going to the race shop, which you think yeah. is better and everybody wants to get to anyways, but. Um, he, <laughs> um, did you, um, he didn't go to Suzuki with you though, did he? No, no. Cali was done. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, your favorite, your best race you ever had. What was the best? And even if, didn't maybe you didn't win it or whatever, but was there uh, one race that stands out for you over all these years? I don't know. I think you know, a Troy, Ohio track. Yeah. Um, pretty much every year. I don't know why, but just I just lit a fire under my ass and got me going on that track. And right. It was right. just like a big. It was a big playground to me. You know, big big jumps yeah. everywhere, and it was just so much fun. The berms there were just. Unbelievable railing burns and and I just pretty much every race at at Troy was was just awesome. Uh, but it was hot there, chicken. So you had to be in shape to do good. Oh no, it was hot, yeah. hot, hot there. Um, uh, favorite track? I guess Troy. I mean, Troy. Troy, Troy goes right yeah, Troy. Uh, what's your favorite Troy gear? Awesome. What's the favorite gear you ever wore? And please don't say the extreme stuff in '93. <laughs> <laughs> that was another money deal. Okay. Right. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, obviously Fox, Fox, mm-hmm. Fox had it going on, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look at, you know, see pictures even now, uh, you know, that's 20 years ago. Right. And I'm like, this shit would be cool if it was out now, you know? <laughs> I know. Well, Bubba wore the zebra stripe stuff and I thought that was bitching. Yeah. You know, was I mean, a- you know, I, at one race in a, cause I used to hang out with Pete Fox a lot and, yeah. uh, and I was at his, his house one day and I found these, they were Pink, like not pink, but like a hot sort of pink, yeah. with green zebra on the back, and it was just a sample pair. Oh yeah, yeah. And I told him, I told him, I'm taking these. And he's like, No, 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 <laughs> you'll wear them. You know, we're not going to make those. And all these things are cool. I'm taking them. I right. won't wear them. Right. And then uh, at the Coliseum, we had that East versus West yeah. shootout. Right. And I brought them with me because I'm like, Well, I'm going to wear them there. You know. Yeah. And I wore them at that race, and I ended up crashing in like first lap and get shitty, but um, I guess Monday the phones were blowing off the hook. Uh, Everybody wanted them, and they were telling you know, we're not going to make them. He was so pissed. He's like, I told you. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, come on. I had to wear them. I did, one of, I did one of these with Pete, and it was so interesting. I never, I've never met the guy ever, and it was really uh-huh. cool. It was uh, a real interesting look into how Fox became Fox, you know? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, those, those kids, you know, all three of them, yeah. you know, uh, Really took that company and and made it a big company, you know. Yeah. Um, favorite teammate, Wardy. Wardy by yeah. far, yeah. yeah, yeah Wardy's yeah. guy. Um, Wardy's man. Yeah, he is, and still, still gnarly today. You know, still pretty, pretty. No, I never. I really like. You know, I mean, I knew who he was, obviously, and everything. Was when I was on the team with him, and uh, right. I really never understood how long that guy has been racing until I got on YouTube and. Put in his name, and I was like, "Oh yeah, holy shit!" He was like at the first Supercross ever, you know. Guy <laughs> has been there, I mean, around a long time. My God, um, and, and to have his determination for that long. Yeah, he won his first title in '84. Think about that, right? And in 1990, yeah. in '92, '91, '92, he's still racing with you. So yeah, um, yeah, and winning. Yeah, awesome. who, who was your uh, who's your childhood hero as, as a motocrosser? I think Bailey, I never really, like, had, like, you know, I never really had, like, a motocross hero, but I always, I always thought Bailey was, 
like I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. I like him because he was always, you know, like in the pits when I, you know, went to the races or whatever, and I was right. a kid, and, and I saw him. He was laughing, and you know, yeah, yeah. It wasn't all that serious shit. And then his writing style was awesome. And uh, I just, I, I'm, you know, he got injured right when I was sort of coming in. Yeah, so I yeah. never really raced against the guy, which I wish I would have been able to at least do one race with the guy. That would have been awesome. Uh. Yeah, yeah, you just missed him. You're right. End of '86, and yeah, '87, yeah. you turned uh, yeah. start racing. Um, favorite European Supercross? None of them. I don't like Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. They they just called. And they wanted me to go over for that um vintage the vet designation yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> we, you know what, Danny and I, when Danny was here and we had you on the Pulp Show, we were talking about that, and Danny said, "I wonder why they didn't call Chicken," <laughs> but they did. No, they did. They did. I, I declined. <laughs> right, you're like, yeah. but uh, it was nice yeah. getting the start money, right? Um, what, well, yeah, that that part of it is why I went. Yeah, that, uh, that was. Um, I don't know what it's like now, but in in that day, it was definitely a heyday of. Yeah, hundred dollar bills. Stanton, Stanton told me he used to make more in two months of going to Europe than he did his entire factory contract. Exactly. Yeah, which is insane and, to me. That's insane, but yeah. And you come across customs with freaking a hundred grand stuffed in your pants and shit, you know, <laughs> but, uh, taped to your leg and shit, and you're walking through customs going, "Oh, don't stop me." <laughs> uh, Lachine said he used to give like ten grand to every mechanic and everybody, and he'd be like, "Okay, you take all this money. You take ten grand here, ten yeah, grand there." Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. You go over and over there. It used to be you could literally for in a week you could do like four races. Yeah, yeah. They have races on like Wednesday night, and right. it was weird. And, I mean, so you go stay for two weeks, you're coming back with a hundred plus grand, and right. you're like, okay, I'm going to get it back, you know? <laughs> right, right. You're spreading it out to everybody, but you still got too much. And oh. but uh, those, those were good times, definitely. Um, all right. Well, and hey. then you get home and you're like, me, Ronnie, we're staring, and we go spend twenty, thirty grand on a car stereo. Right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a car money. Yeah, you were like, ah, screw it. We can't put it in the bank. We're just gonna if we get audited. We'll have to pay tax on it. So let's just buy shit. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> me, Wardy, Ronnie, and Ricky Johnson, and who knows else. We all had the same guy do our car stereos, and he figured out really quick that these guys got a lot of money. They're young. They're dumb. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, my first stereo cost like ten grand. And, you know, my second stereo was like thirty grand. <laughs> oh man! Um, like, whoa. How was RJ with you? Yeah, did you get along with him? Yeah, not really. No, not really. Uh, I do now. Right. I mean, now it was really good. But um, back in actually, the day, yeah. I was in Vegas for a for a race, and his wife Stephanie. I mean, I knew who she was. I didn't. I never really talked to Ricky. Actually, in Daytona, I sort of broke his wrist and ended his career. So yeah, yeah. I, um, I thought maybe he'd have some hard feelings towards me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I was at a, at the bar getting a beer, and Stephanie was right next to me. I looked over, and I'm like. You know, I knew who she was. I've never yeah. talked to her. And she's all, oh, hey, Chicken, how you doing? I'm like, oh, pretty good. Like, yeah. why are you talking to me type deal? And she's like, oh, oh let me go get Ricky. And I was like, well, why? <laughs> like, we don't, she's all, what do you mean? He'd love to say hi. I'm like, we don't like each other. So yeah. why would you go get him? And she's all, oh, stop it. He loves you, you know. And she went and grabbed him. And I actually, I took my beer bottle and I turned it upside down because I was going to crack him upside the head. <laughs> Because I wasn't sure what was going to happen, so I was going to get ready to, you know, fight. And he gave me a big hug, and I was like a stiff board going, you know, right, they're right. cracking the head with this beer bottle, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, 
So I'm like, you know, anyways. Yeah. So we're good friends now. Yeah, but back in the day, it was just just whatever. Just he, you were a Cowie guy. I, just, I yeah. never talked to him. I was a Cowie guy. Right. I mean, him and Dogger had the thing going on. Oh, know? they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not me, but I mean, I never really talked to the guy. But I figured after that Daytona race, he might not like me. <laughs> the uh, the U.S. Open um, where you came back with Bradshaw. We'll talk about that a little bit. What'd you think of that? Uh, how was oh, it? Oh, that was horrible. I apologize to everybody that went and watched that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I like I said, I I rode a lot for that race. Yep. I thought I was scared. Um, right, right. And I big mistake was that that race fell out right when the new bikes came out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a new bike, which was yeah. dumb because I had my bike. I've been riding set up and working, and yeah. we they took a new bike and built a new bike, and it just I just felt like a fish out of water. Right, right. I mean, that, that thing was a lot different. I, it was a big mistake. I should have just stayed on the bike, you know, yeah. that I was practicing on. Because yeah. I never, I just, I couldn't get going on that bike. And, you know, after practice, I mean, I didn't even ride the bike until practice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And after practice, I was like, I fucked up, you know. Um, I made a big mistake. It was still cool, though, speaking from a, a fan. It, was, uh, you it know. was good, you know, it was good. I mean, yeah. Um, I just wish... Yeah, the racing would have been better. I mean, that race it, it shouldn't just go down to two riders, anyways. It was supposed to be like five of us, I guess. I think so. Yeah, I think it was right. And, and it, that that type of race, you need more than two. Two's not enough. Right. I mean, you know, if they could have put five or ten of us on the line, that yeah. would have been. I mean, especially for the fans, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that it was pretty cool. cool. You know, and I thought it was neat how you and Damon still didn't really bro down. Still. <laughs> no, no, yeah, still, it's like such a fake. Right. Hey, how you doing? You know, right, right. right <laughs> it's right. like seeing an ex girlfriend. It's like, hey, you know. Oh, I think that was so you awesome. Really, you don't really like want to talk to her, but you just sort of say hi, you know. I was at the press conference and we were whispering. They really don't like each other. Still, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, uh-uh. oh, but, that's um, funny. Yeah, you know, it's just. Um. I'm sure he's a good guy, if you know him. Right, right, yeah, but it, it's just so much, so much I there. I don't know him. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. No um, problem. Uh, I, I know. Good thanks time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX. Jeff Chicken Matasevich, uh, finally, uh, my guy SwissCore will be happy, and, and along with all the fans that get to hear about uh, your terrific career. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. All right, see ya. Thanks, everybody. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. 
I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. No,